Hello, my name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio episode number I don't know. I don't know either, man. It's in the hundreds. Yeah. I think. But um, I'm doing a different intro. I'm be I'm talking to the people who have never heard us before. Okay. Um, so what is ZPR? ZPR is a discussion between What's you ZPR? and I. Oh, Zen Parenting, Zen Parenting Radio. Radio. A discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. That's me. And we got three kids. You know what? And I think that that was our tagline originally. Mm-hmm. And it's still somewhat true because mm-hmm. I think you're a little more right. feet on the ground than I am. But I also Pants think on the ground? <laughs> um, Looking but, like a fool with your pants on the ground. But I also think that we have overlapped too. We have overlapped. Um, but I'm also going to say what our goal is. What? Our goal is, and I wrote this down, is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly... To become a better you. I know. And you know why I love that? It's because there's a lot of people who write to us who aren't even parents who say they listen to this show just because they want to become more self-aware. There you go. So that's the key. Okay. So that's for the people who have never heard us before. So what we're talking about this week, three different major topics. Medical marijuana for children who are ill. Number two, the science of happiness. And number three, fathers disciplining their sons differently than disciplining their daughters okay so i posted something on facebook last night and i you know i'm listening to all these different podcasts and how to expand our show and to i get, can tell to get more you're yeah. saying our goals at the beginning of the show that's exactly right okay. so um this one podcast said um take a survey on what people want to hear on the next ah. upcoming show so i did that and i was um very pleased with how many people gave me their two cents so the three options were the medical marijuana science of happiness and disciplining your kid your father or your son versus your daughter what did they want guess what guess what one i don't think it's the first one i bet it was the happiness one that is exactly right everyone wants to be happy. we had um 21 votes for the science of happiness mm-hmm. now the second place was fathers disciplining sons versus daughters and then third was medical marijuana but it sh- goes to show that in our audience is about i kind of I guess I'm proud of our audience okay. because, you know, in this day and age, we seem to be attracted to, not we, I'm saying society, to what's wrong. Mm. And the fact that over two-thirds of the people want to know about happiness. And I just kind of think that that's a testament to our listeners. It is. And I think that really our innate needs or our innate desires when we get beyond all the chaos of our day is everyone just wants to be content. And Mm -hmm. again, I play with these words, happiness, joy, content, because I think they all have different energy and they all mean something different. So I don't know if we were launching into this and you want to talk about that yet. Not quite yet. Um, So we're also going to do tournament of bad at the end of the show. Okay. And we have something planned for that. And then, um, lastly, it, oh, okay. yeah, chill out. Okay. Will out. I know. You've got all these plans. I know. Can you have I'm, more plans, please? I'm the podcast I, expert, I and you are um, <laughs> just trying to keep up. <laughs> right now, all I have is a pen and coffee, and he's got all these notes. I know. I'm asking you to fly by the seat of I pants. sure am. I don't so know what's going on. So you might be hearing me more than Kathy this episode. That's, that's okay, because you hear a lot of me most of the time. Yes. Sweetie, sweetie does a lot of talking. Well, actually, last time I was listening to our show, maybe you guys can relate, and I talked for so long I was annoyed at myself. So if you ever feel that way when you're listening to me, don't know shut that, us off. Know that I'm feeling it too, and it's me. So sometimes I just don't know. And sometimes I want to be courteous towards you and not interrupt you. But do uh, I have your permission to interrupt you? Well, do give me a hand wave instead of a okay. But sometimes I just get going. 
I know. You get okay. on a roll. All right, go ahead. So our first sponsor is Helping Hands Maid Services. They do maid service all over the Chicagoland area. Their phone number is 630-530-1324. 630-530-1324. Help us out by um, using our partners. They do a wonderful job, right? They do. Well, that's why they're our partners, because we love them and we feel strongly about 25 them. 25 bucks off your first service if you mention Zen Parenting. Um, Science of Happiness. So this is what happened. I am subscribed to a YouTube channel called Soul Pancake. Soul Pancake is a, I think, a company, a website, and it's all about similar things that we talk about in this show. It's an organization, I think. It's an organization. Mm -hmm. And they, I don't know what their mission is, but basically it's... Spread joy. Spreading joy. Thank you. That's the best way to sum it up. So they did this seven-minute video that I posted on our Facebook yesterday, and it was called The Science of Happiness. And um, I'll try my best to summarize it. Um, the idea was how what makes somebody happy. So they had these people, they come in, and they have these people write an essay on who they're thankful for, okay? So one lady did it about her mom. Another lady did it about you know a friend from across the country. So um, they wrote this out. So they thought that their mission was complete. Then the people who were dressed up in lab coats pretending to be scientists said now i want you to call those people and read your essay mm-hmm. and first of all the uh, the initial reaction of those people were oh my gosh i don't want to do that vulnerability totally vulnerability right discomfort but discomfort because it's one thing to write something down on paper it's another thing to actually pick up the phone and tell that totally. person that. So um, it was kind of a funny little seven-minute video, and we'll post it on our show notes um, of this podcast. So go to our website, and you'll see it. We'll have a- On our page, too? Yes. Or no? Okay. Yeah, it'll be on ZenParentingRadio.com, you know, whatever episode this is, whatever we title it. Okay. So um, that was kind of the gist of it, and um, I guess I'm... Just wondering what you think about the whole, why would people be so free to write out the essay yet not want to pick up the person and call? And then I'll follow it up with another thought. Well, I think because of the word that I just said, that that's very vulnerable, that a lot of times we don't like to share with people how much they mean to us or how much we need them or how much we did or how much they did for us because then we somehow believe that that gives them some kind of power over us. Right. And it's unfortunate because we feel this way with the people closest to us. Like, we feel this way about our partner who we live with. We feel this way about our parents. And you can say, oh, no, I don't. But do you really pick Mm -hmm. up the phone and say, gosh, you are so important in my life. If you were not in my life, my life would be so much more challenging. It, there's, it's a two-way street, too, because not only is it hard to say, Mm -hmm. but the person hearing it sometimes doesn't know how to receive it. Right. So... That's sometimes why we don't like to do the vulnerability thing because sometimes, you you know, we've talked on the show about you only share those things with people who can receive it, the people who have earned the right to receive that information because sometimes when you share it with someone who can't receive it, they'll be like, ah, right. it's no big deal or right. what, are you, what are you talking about? Or, or they'll be like, they'll make you feel they'll, dumb. Or they'll minimize it. They'll minimize it or they'll make you feel silly. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you are weak. Or mm-hmm. they may not say it that specifically, but they may be like, What's wrong with you? So what, is, so what does this have to do with happiness? And I think the whole gist of this video, and if you have seven minutes of your time, you'll click on it. It's the idea that showing gratitude is one of the main components of being happy. Mm-hmm. All right? So if, you, if you're having a bad day, the best way to get to have a better day is not to take 
something that you want. Instead, it's to give something. Having gratitude is a gift to somebody else saying, right. thank you for being you or whatever. So that's one small tool in our Zen Parenting Toolbox that you can use to increase the happiness of your day. So oh, go ahead. Can I say something sure. about that? What I used to hear all the time um, instead of the language gratitude, which Todd and I like to use, is people would say, if you're feeling bad, be of service. And those words used to bug me because when someone would say be of service, I'd always envision working in a soup kitchen or, right. you know, having to like do something that maybe I didn't want to do. And that the only way that I could be of service is to like do something that was uncomfortable for me. Right. And I think the reason I like to change the language to be in gratitude or um, do something that makes you feel good is you don't have to go do, you don't have to go work at a homeless shelter to do something good for people. You don't have people. to go build a well. You don't have to travel across the universe to right. go show how much you care about people. The universe? <laughs> the world. You don't, mean, have, you, you don't have to go to Mars or anything? <laughs> you don't have to get on a spaceship. Okay. You can... Woo. Um, woo! You don't have to go to a different country. You don't... You can do things in your immediate environment that help the world and that show gratitude. You can smile at people. You can you can say kind things to people. You can look people in the eye. You can be honest with people. You can be honest with yourself. I mean, there's ways to be of service that go beyond what maybe we... You don't have to be Mother Teresa. Well, this follows up with a conversation that we had this weekend on Friday. It was Before Bon Jovi? Before, I'm yikes. I'm putting it out there that you saw Bon Jovi. I know. <laughs> it was a gift. Thank you for, Chris, for gifting us these tickets. Yes. And we it was, had it was fun. a great time, yeah. but Bon Jovi is not my thing. It, and you know what? I think it was right after Slippery When Wet came out. Was that the name of the album? Who didn't love Bon Jovi after Slippery When Wet? Right. But then six months after that, I think I was kind of done until they did Young Guns Part 2. Shot down in blaze of glory. You know what song I like that he sang? He sang that, um, that who says you can't go home? Who says you can't go back? Do you remember that one? Is that one? a commercial too? No, but he sang that with uh, Jennifer Nettles, I think, from Sugarland, and she wasn't there. But he sang that at the show, and I was like, this is a great song. And he also sang You Were Born to Be My Baby, which is a great and song. And I was made to be your man. So it was a pretty good, I mean, it was an okay show. I gave it, what, a B minus? I'll give it a C minus. It was. It was at Soldier Field, so it's really Sambora big. And Richie Sambora wasn't there. Richie wasn't there. Come on. Come on. It's not the band without Richie And they Richie kept trying Sambor. to like highlight this guitar player that nobody had ever seen before. Well, but they were actually highlighting his hands. They weren't showing his face because they didn't want to focus on the you fact that the Richie looked Sambora... Like, you said the guy looked like Eddie Vedder. He totally looked like Eddie Vedder. And they, now that would have been cool. And he did the thing... Well, only a true Bon Jovi fans will yeah, know this. Yeah, Do you, well, I'm going to say it anyway. Go ahead. So if you guys know the song It's My Life by Bon Jovi, you know how that weird sound is in it? It's like a vroom sound. Yikes. <laughs> Richie does that with his mouth. He has this thing in his mouth, and he does this thing into the microphone that makes it sound cool. Well, dude, Eddie Vedder-looking dude learned how to do that and was doing it. And were you buying it? Well, he did it just fine. It's just, you know, you think that's Richie's trick, and all of a sudden someone else has the trick. Maybe it's actually not a trick. Maybe it's a device (laughs) that the guy has in his mouth to make it sound different. All right. So this goes to our discussion, and the whole idea is I bring up Tom Shadiak a lot on this show. Tom Shadiak is a movie director, and he directed a documentary called I Am. And one of the many things I learned as a result of watching that, it made me realize that it's not about these monumental sacrifices you do to better the world. The Mm -hmm. idea is to figure out what you do best 
and to do that and use that to give to the world. Because there are times, and we talked about this at dinner on Friday, that I feel guilty because I'm not digging a well in Africa. Yes. Or I feel guilty because I don't work at a soup kitchen. And maybe one of my small ways of giving back is to talk into this microphone so other people can hear um, and learn from our discussions. So that doesn't mean you don't ever make sacrifices, but I used to feel guilty about not... Well, well, and not used to. That's not true. Sometimes I still do feel guilty for not doing these things. And doesn't it just feel good, though, to do what you love to do and realize when you're doing what you love to do, it comes through in what you're doing. And so other people feel the joy of what you love to do. And then it inspires them to do what they love to do. And it's that's the continuation of joy. That's how you breathe life into the world is what is that quote? We don't need more people I can't remember. It's something to the effect of we need more people doing what they love. That's how the world will have more love. And it's such a, it's so, sometimes when I'm working um, and, or I'm writing or I'm doing things that I love to do, I have the same feeling you do where I say, okay, this hat, I have to struggle more. Yeah, this has to be harder. This has to be harder because I'm up until 11 writing a blog and I'm having the time of my life. Right. And I'm like, I have to have some kind of more stress. But the truth is, is that, and again, things come in different ways Mm -hmm. where we do have stress occasionally. But for the most part, it's a pleasure to do the show. It's a joy to write. It's a joy to talk with people about these things. And that is, and, and it's not, this is not what everyone's supposed to do, but everyone has something similar that they love some people are saying right now that's a bunch of hooey todd and kathy okay and because you need to make sacrifices you need to not do just what you love because the world nothing will ever get done if people sit around and only do things they love well and i have a comment to that but did you have a comment to that first no i'm trying to be thoughtful of your time my comment to that is i talk to my college students about this all the time i talk to them about living their passion and doing what they love to do but we also talk about the fact that for a while you have to learn what you don't want to do that you you can't just go out and say i'm going to find the perfect job for me you got to take a job in your field Mm -hmm. and see how it feels so then you can move to the next place and move to the next place because the reason why right now at 40 i'm almost 42 you know the big four two it's coming up in a few weeks the reason why right now i can do what i want to do is because I, you know, went to school and tried this and did and, and all those things I was trying, it felt good in the moment. Right. But then when it didn't feel good anymore, it propelled me to a different place. Right. And so I guess my point is is that we can't just give up and say this is all there is. Right. I thought that my pen, my top of the heap was when I became a therapist and I was at Children's Memorial and I had an office and I was like, this is what I always wanted to do. I wanted to be a therapist and here I am. And I still didn't feel it was, you know, I learned a ton of that job and I would say there was a lot of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still didn't feel like fulfilled, fulfilled, like there was something missing. And so you keep going, you say, okay, well, I like this part, but this part doesn't work. And I, and the thing is, is you have to believe it's possible. Mm -hmm. And I think even right now is a moment where you and I love what we're doing, but we're searching for more. We want to improve. We want to get better. We want to get bigger. And And that doesn't mean we don't appreciate the moment. It means you always have dreams, you know, some, um, one other comment about that is when I used to do individual coaching, I remember one of my clients said to me, well, I've already had this dream and I feel like it's, what's the word? Um, 
where you feel selfish to have more than one dream. And I'm like, well, that's a problem Mm -hmm. because not just for you, but for the rest of the world, because the dream that is beyond the last three dreams may be the dream that helps more people. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's about you feeling good. And when you feel good, you help other people. Well, and you used to say, because there's always these opportunities to volunteer at school. And some of those programs you like doing, some of them you can't stand doing. Correct. And if you were going to do some of those things that you can't stand doing out of guilt, you're not only killing yourself, but you are not giving somebody else who might like doing that the same opportunity to do that very thing. That's right. So I'm going to do it feeling resentful. I'm going to do it not to my full capacity, and someone else is going to miss out on an opportunity they'd be really good at because I'm doing something I think I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I'm doing air quotes that I should do. And, you know, a lot of the work a lot of the pre-work for this, you guys, is understanding yourself and what you like and what you don't like. A lot of things Todd and I are talking about are things that come after you figure yourself out. Because I used to think I was one kind of person because I liked the way it sounded. And what I've come to realize is that I am 50% introvert, 50% extrovert. And that used to bother me, and now I've very much embraced it. What that means is I love being out with people, love it, love it, love it, and I love being alone. So that means sometimes I need to be alone, detach, not have... And see, Todd and I aren't this, on the same page because he likes to have people around a lot. And you have, you have introverted qualities a little bit, yeah, but not, not the way I though. do. And that used to make me feel like I was less than, and now that's just who I am because I have to have that time alone so I can... It, well, I don't need to yeah, go into my whole process. That. All right, so... <laughs> No, because I, I saw you moving on a whole different tangent. I'm not going to do it. I'm trying I, to bring us I back. I held back. Thank you. Sorry. Um, so I'm not done with this conversation, though, but I want to mention our second uh, partner, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They are my chiropractor. They are your chiropractor. They are they three are. daughters chiropractor. Dr. Kelly is the chiropractor there. Um, they can be reached at 630-941-8733. Their website is chirotree.com. And if you mention, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, they have something this Wednesday night. Yeah, but night. it's Wednesday, and most people won't hear this until Tuesday night okay. and all that. So I, I actually delete it just because most of our audience will not okay. be passed. Okay, so. we'll put it on our Facebook page if you happen to listen to this. Okay, um, so, and then they have a complete initial chiropractic exam, necessary x-rays, and a report from Dr. Kelly for 27 bucks. if you mention um, Sun Parenting Radio. Healthy families by choice. Not by chance. All right, so my last thing about this happiness discussion is I listened to a few other... Uh, TED Talks is a, for those of you who don't know what TED Talks is, it's a quick 20-minute speech by some expert, and there's a guy that gave something, uh, gave a speech or a presentation on happiness. Mm-hmm. And a few examples that he gave, uh, and this is actually one of our own examples, we heard Jim Carrey not too long ago say that, because I'm getting to money here, people strive for money, including me, including a lot of other people, and they think that that money is going to what is going to be what fulfills them. People think money equals happiness. Correct. Thank you. And one thing that Jim Carrey said, who's a multimillionaire, said, he's like, I just wish, and I think we may have mentioned this last week, I'm not sure, I just wish that everybody could be a multimillionaire for a week and then just realize that that is not, in fact, what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a wonderful message. It's funny because I feel like the the competitive nature of having a good business and, and being rewarded with money because of the smart decisions you make, that's kind of what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I don't have as much as maybe, you know, I'm worrying about three daughters, college tuitions. What's it going to be like when JC goes to school eight years from now? 
and when Cameron does it and Skyler does it. I mean, it's going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars. Where is that money going to come from? <laughs> I have no freaking clue. Yeah. So the strive for money actually keeps me motivated. Motivated. So in a way, well, and it gives ahead. me it gives me some joy because like I had to my shoes broke on Friday night walking I'm, home from Bon Jovi. That's right. Because um, it was so rocking. It was rocking. And um, so I my shoes broke, and they were like my favorite shoes. And I had to, and they're they're nice. I've had them for a couple of years, and so it gave me motivation. I'm like, I have to order new shoes. And it, people who you may not get this unless money, you know, unless you really think about money. But I had to really focus and be like, what do I want? Because I can only afford, you know, it only makes sense to buy one pair. Right. And so I had to look through and make a good decision. And when I did, I felt really excited. But if shoes were no issue. Mm-hmm then those kind of things would be a not big deal. Like if I could just get whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. Well, it makes you appreciate that yes. one pair of shoes. I'm so excited for them to come in the mail. And there is a sense of, um, you know, it, that I was able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that I was able to order a new pair of shoes because these broke and I'd, we'd put this money aside. And, you know, it's just a, those. that's just a simple thing. And you can you can connect that to any part of your life where you've saved up for something. But... When you don't have that, when everything is easy, then you look for other ways to fill that right, need. Right, right. Okay. So Dan Gilbert on this TED Talk, he's a psychologist. I don't know where he's a psychologist from. But he gave a few examples of people, um, of these tragedies, not tragedies, of these uh, challenges that have uh, set people. Like he talked about um, uh, Pete Best. Do you know who Pete Best Mm-mm. is? Pete Best is the drummer for the Beatles before Ringo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that name sounds familiar. So, and somehow, uh, Pete Best has said that that's really the best thing that has ever happened to him because of how his life ended up because of it, which seems weird. You're like, oh, my God. It was good that he was not in the Beatles. Yeah, in the moment, I'm sure he was horribly disappointed. But in the end, after kind of looking back on his life, he's grateful that that never happened because he wouldn't have wanted his life to be of that. So I guess I say that story for no other reason that sometimes when you think something is really bad, it ends up being a learning experience and and pushes you or propels you in a different direction you otherwise wouldn't want to do. And when you have that trust that, you know, we're talking about happiness, and I wrote a blog a while back about the difference between happiness and joy. And I kind of feel my interpretation is that happiness... Is, is an emotion. Mm-hmm. It's something that comes up because it's something you're creating, like right. by practicing gratitude or something is given to you or you have a, a relationship experience where it brings up that happiness. But joy is the understanding that you're trusting the universe and that you're in appreciation for what you do have. Mm-hmm. And that what Pete Best is saying is I'm looking at my life now and I wouldn't have what I have if it had gone that route. And I don't know if that route was really for me. And his joy is in that trust that that's the truth. Right. And that we can say, oh no, he wanted to be just like Ringo Starr. But did he? Mm-hmm. Because he may know in himself that wasn't in his highest good. Right. Well, and Dan Gilbert, this was, I know you don't like me reading stuff, but this was his definition about happiness. Our brains systematically misjudge what will make us happy. And these quirks in our cognition make humans very poor predictions of our own bliss. Predictors. And one of, one other example he gave to, that he gave in his TED Talk, and we'll post it on our show notes, is... Um, they evaluated, and I don't know how they measure happiness. You know, sci- scientists have whatever their own scientific method on how what determines happiness. But and that in itself, is, I feel like we could pull apart, right? And of rip course. Apart. But so they did this test. But they're at least they're trying to do the research, right. right? So they he put up two pictures. One was of a paraplegic in a wheelchair, and another one is of a guy holding a big 
huge check that just won the lottery. Ah, okay. And then they went back to this person a year after that occurrence happened. So like there was a car accident and the guy wasn't able to use his arms and his legs. And then they went back to the lottery winner a year later. And, you know, the obvious uh, response would be, well, the guy who won all that money is going to be happier um, and then the, versus the guy who just lost the use of his arms and his legs. And guess what happened? Of course. the It was the guy, the paraplegic. Well, and I don't know here. if his was any higher, but it was about the same mm-hmm, as it was. So there really was no difference. So, I mean, that's messed up. Well, but here's, this is how I would break this down. And when we say this to people, um, people push back on this. But happiness, or I will say joy, is not external. It is internal. So just because you win a million dollars... Or just because you are Jim Carrey and you get millions of dollars, that will not make you happy. That's outside of yourself. It can bring you happiness for a second mm-hmm. or a moment or maybe even a couple days because you have a big party or right. whatever. But that fleeting. is it's fleeting. It will not bring you ongoing happiness. Again, I'm differentiating with joy is understanding and appreciating and loving yourself. You may or may not become famous or be a millionaire or do any of those things, but you feel content in your days. Mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of people do when they're younger, and sometimes when they're older, unfortunately, is they're striving outside of themselves to get things, to get things, to get things. And the more they get, they realize that's not filling the hole that they're trying to fill. And the whole is self-love. And the whole is appreciating the moment and gratitude. And when you realize that, you stop searching. And this is the irony. You stop searching and things come a little more naturally. Mm-hmm. Now, if the only reason, again, and that's, in, that's the icing. Um, but I guess that's the thing is it's not messed up to me because... Well, when you know, I say messed up, I think you know what I mean. Oh, I do. Yeah. I do. I, and I'm not really criticizing you as much as saying that it... It uh, it doesn't shock me. Well, and the way to, I think, sum up what you just said in a few short words, and I've heard this uh, phrase before, and I think it's true, there's no way to happiness. Happiness, happiness is, is the, the way. way. And I don't know, I just try to remind myself of that when I think I'm having a bad day because there's no way to happiness. That's the external talking. Um, happiness is the way is the internal. So like your joy versus happiness uh, metaphor. I have a quote above my desk that I want to read. Can you talk about something for one second? Sure. Talk about our next partner? No, I'm not going to talk about our next partner. I'm going to talk about, um, I was talking about lottery winners. Okay. And um, you remember that part in the office where the guys in the office, this is the American version, um, want to raise funds for some charity. I forget what it's called. And they raise about 50 bucks. But Michael Scott really wants to get the life-size check, which ended up costing like 250 bucks. <laughs> so they didn't really earn it. So money. they actually lost 175 bucks because the size of the check was, <laughs> uh, you know, cost 250 bucks. We'll try to find that too. That, that clip? Yeah. So this is one of, I get these uh, notes from the universe through my email, it's called, and many of you probably do too. It's what's, one of those. What's the website if people wanted to get Oh gosh, I don't even me? know. I think we'll it's We'll find it and we'll put it in our show notes. Okay. Um, but this is one of my favorites. It says, having a dream, Kathy, is awesome. Having a dream and showing up every day, even when nothing seems to be happening, is priceless. But having a dream and showing up every day while sauntering, winking, and hugging everyone is when the floodgates begin to tremble. And why so I love that, that what that means to me is that 
I, if you have a dream, if something feels good to you, if something brings you joy, no matter what it is, it's different for everybody, that's awesome. And when you're showing up and you're doing that and you're living what makes you feel good, it feels good. Even if nothing's coming of it, even if, you know, even if you think, I don't even know what people, what coming of it means. Like, I think that means fame to a lot of people or getting exposure or making a ton of money. But the best part is, is having the dream and showing up every day and and enjoying that, acting like you've already gotten whatever you think you're supposed to be getting. Because really that's it. You know what I mean? Like you're doing what you love, you're living, you're enjoying it and just um, enjoying life that way. That is what shifts everything right because when you practice that in your life other people see that and notice that and it gives them permission to do the same right everything is you know every person you pass every person you see and talk to you influence them it's an opportunity to it's an opportunity to spread joy Mm -hmm. and love and happiness and and sometimes and when i say that i don't mean you have to go out with the intention to, to shift everyone it's not your words it's not about telling people how to be. Because you know what a lot of people like to do? Mm. They like to read a book. And I'm saying this because I, I used to do this right. a lot. You'd read a book. You'd get a good message. And you'd tell everybody how they have to do it. Right. But you're not doing it. Right. You don't need to tell people how to do it. They'll get Just it. Just live that right. way. You do it and they will get it. Mm-hmm. So that's Even without saying. being told specifically how no. to do it. They... And, and if they ask, then, if you... they, then you can talk to them about it. You right. know, that's kind of the new thing is if someone says help me with this or tell me how you do this. Okay. But otherwise I'll just try and. Right. Um, okay. Our last partner is Avid Company, painting and remodeling all of the Chicagoland area. 630-956-1800. Tell them Zen Parenting sent you and Zen Parenting loves you. Um, our second topic, as we're 29 minutes into the show, <laughs> is um, fathers disciplining their sons versus their daughters. And this comes from a conversation I had with one of my customers a few months ago. Okay. And he was explaining to me that he has a son and a daughter. And how at football practice, at his son's football practice, he is very hard on his son. He expects nothing but the best from his son. And even in like tackling drills, which he is a coach and a part of, he would physically, um, you know, <clears throat> try to show him how best to do it, even if it's going to hurt his son. Not like hurt, like permanently damage, but just like cause a little pain, cause a little give pain, him a little sting, and give him an idea. Hey, this is a rough game. This you got to really want it. All that stuff. And I said, <clears throat> Well, what if your daughter was in something? Would you? Obviously, you're not going to use tackling dummies with your daughter, but do you use the same language? Do you use the same energy when you're dealing with your daughter? And he said, oh, absolutely not. I Mm -hmm. treat her like a princess Princess. or whatever the term is. So um, our listeners wanted to hear what our two cents were on that subject. I mean, obviously, I think people kind of know, but is there even subtle differences in how you discipline a son versus a daughter? Well, the first thing that came into my head is when you're talking about the dad, you know, with the football practice, is what he's trying to do is put his son in the man box, which we've talked about on this show before, which exactly. the man box, if you haven't heard us discuss it, is you have to be tough, you can't show emotion, you have to be um, somewhat, not ruthless, but you have to be... Unafraid. Unafraid, yes. You have to not have any fear, you can't show fear, you have to constantly be brave, and that's what it means to be a man. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is even though some of those uh, qualities can be positive, I mean, there's being brave is great. And, and at certain times you want to, you know, maybe not show fear and walk through fear. It's not that it's all bad, but you have to balance it. The thing that our sons are missing 
from us, from society, from moms and from dads, is the emotional aspect that their emotional experience and what they feel for other people is healthy because they can be, they can feel fear and still walk through it. But if they understand that it's, it's normal and okay to feel fear, then they'll continue the sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. Meaning if they start to feel like feeling fear it means that they're really not a man. That they're, they're weak. They're going to try and overcompensate in other areas. And they end up... If Let me just say it this matter-of-factly. If boys are told their emotions don't matter, they're going to numb out. They're not going to be able to have a relationship. They're going to treat people poorly. They're going to go just toward money and not toward you know what's great for the world. Um, they can become abusive. They can hurt themselves. And I know this, these things sound extreme. I'm jumping way ahead without mm-hmm. giving you guys a lot of info. But... Being cut off from your emotions is being cut off from other people. Right. And I'm with you. And um, we are having that BU program yes. this August. And if, I know most of our listeners are not from our little community. But um, we're going to you know, try to teach some of these things to both boys and girls about and, emotionally intelligent leadership, things like that. And it's just balance. It's not about taking away the other parts that you deem to be mm-hmm. masculine because there are more masculine behaviors. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it doesn't mean that everything that you learned is absolutely not true. It means we need to find a balance. Todd and my, uh, this show, Zen Parenting Radio, our, our symbol is the yin-yang symbol, mm-hmm. if you've seen it before. And that's a symbol of balance. And that we're not trying to say there's one right way or it's got to be this way. We're trying to say it's got to be a little of both. Well, here's my question about um, my customer. He was said, you know, he would treat his daughter like a princess. Like, it's obviously easier to focus on, hey, you shouldn't, you know, bully your son at football practice. Mm -hmm. But is there a similar an equal disservice going on towards the daughter? Absolutely. If only think, like, he doesn't discipline her at all or he's just... You know, he has, he's not firm at all, you know, whatever it is. Well, it's the exact same thing on the other side. If he believes that he can't be tough on her or believes that she can't handle things, it's because he believes her to be too emotional and that she can't tolerate it. So it's the other extreme. Girls can be more emotional and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, ex- that's their gift. They're more intuitive. They're more connected. They feel things more. We tend to call it negative things like oversensitive or dramatic, but really we're like um, putting down girls mm-hmm. and saying this gift that you have, stop it. Mm-hmm. So we can balance that emotional, those emotional qualities with expectation. I think you, I believe you can do these things. I believe you can rise to this challenge. You know, why don't you, um, you know, or instead of telling them what to do, what do you love? Go out there and do it well. You know, push yourself in a way that feels good to you, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I'm balancing my words because you and I also talk about not making your children do things. There's all these issues. Right. Very subtle differences. Very subtle differences. Um, But we have to trust that that our girls have the ability to push themselves and handle, because it's not just about a football game. It's about challenges in life right can you handle a challenge can you do you believe in yourself do you believe that you are tough enough to deal with this that's it's funny because some of the language i'm even saying right now you know we reflect back to the girls you know they'll be freaking out about something like you know people tend to do and i'll say i know you can handle it mm-hmm. i know you can deal with it you know instead of oh my goodness or you know i'm fine with you having an emotional response to it but i also believe you can tolerate it right I know you can, you can let out your emotions, but you can do this. Right. Do you feel like, I, th- I think, um, you know, it always, as it always does on our show, it comes down to balance. Like you don't want to be too hard on that boy, right. but you want to teach. 
and you don't want it to be too in roles could be reversed too sometimes the dad is really hard on the girl sure. and, and it can treats go either his son way. like you know it's he sees himself in there and he doesn't want to even you know discipline at all because he thinks his son doesn't make any mistakes or whatever right. it is he you perf- know what i mean he puts him up on a pedestal so it's so it's just about balance mm-hmm. so that's the bottom line it is and and the thing is is it's it's hard for us to give like an overreaching here's what you do in every situation because there's common sense things that come up and i think the thing that is so important about what we try to express is there's no way to get to those things those common sense or or those places of what is my intuition telling me to do unless you're working on yourself. If you understand yourself and you understand why you are saying what you're saying, if you understand your own baggage, if you understand why you do the things you do, then it is much easier to be with your children because then you will realize, ooh, I'm saying that because I was afraid of that or I'm doing that because I'm afraid what other people think. You see yourself clearly and therefore you're parenting from a clean place or a clearer, there's no way to do it perfectly because right. we all have baggage that, you that's know, right. sometimes you don't notice it till later. Um, but if you, that's why the self-awareness piece is the first step in all this because then it's a lot easier to understand why, like, you know, why is he pushing his son? Is he, you know, that's the question. I don't have the answer for that. Why? And, and if he can express that. I would, if I were, because I know my customer, I think he would say, I don't want him to be soft. Right, because if he's soft, then he is weak, and if he is weak, then what will he's happen? He's not going to him? be successful. There we go. So all and and the question is: Are any of those things true? And when we start to break down those belief systems, we realize that what we're doing on an everyday basis doesn't even make sense. Right. Because the thing is, is a kid can be very tough and very strong and be compassionate Absolutely. at the same time. It's not one or the other. It's not. And actually, I think you're a much stronger person if you're compassionate because it's a lot. It's easy to be angry. Mm-hmm. It's a shortcut. It's a total shortcut. It's easy to be angry, and we put that up there as being somehow strong. But it's a lot harder to know yourself well enough to apologize or to be compassionate or to be loving. Um, that's why you know I hear a lot of women say it's so beautiful when they see the first time see their husband or their partner with their child for mm. the first time and they see that softness mm, nice. because you don't always see that softness from a man and when you see it it's so endearing and if we could carry that through life and realize what a beautiful thing that is well and to put it in some real world terms uh there was a tragedy that happened this weekend that glee actor yeah we don't know how he died but we think it might be drugs what's that guy's name Corey, and i can't pronounce his last name I can. I don't think I'd say it right, Monty. Mm-hmm. Monty. And I don't know who this guy was because I didn't watch the show. But you said that this guy yeah. is like well, the main. Well, it's Finn, you know. And I didn't watch in the last two seasons, but I watched for a long time. And he is, you know, he's kind of the center of the show as far as he was the. <clears throat> interestingly enough, the football player mm-hmm. who, um, you know, he's a great football player, but he was also very compassionate and had that side. Of, you know, he wanted to sing and he was right. good at it. So interesting, you know, combination of what we're just talking about, kind of like in. A American Pie. That's exactly what I was <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, same kind of character. What was that character's name in that? He's. I can't remember his name in real life. I can see him. Chris. I was going to say Chris too. But Chris. He used to be engaged to Katie Holmes a long time ago. But anyway, he. Um, it's. He was. I was just telling Todd that I read that he had been signed for even next season for Glee, and he was like one of four characters who was going to continue on. And the reason why that's important is a lot of people will say, well, he had it all. And, you know, he had this job. Why would he ever, why does he need to be addicted to anything? Right. He should be happy. He, he has be happy. everything that our brains deem happy, which is 
fame, money, money, security. He has all these things. How could he be so sad to think that drugs? And this is assumptions that you had to make. We don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. But if it is drugs, why would he need anything? artificial to make him and it's probably because everybody told him this is what makes you click and this is what makes you happy and he realized oh my gosh i'm not any happier so i need to make myself happy with drugs and he and think about it this way too some it it can go um either extreme sometimes when you have nothing you have lack of self-worth and sometimes when you have everything you think you're supposed to have you have lack of self-worth because you don't feel worthy of it if you do not feel worthy of what you are getting it, it feels so uncomfortable. Right. So again, this self-worth thing is not just about people who are struggling. It's about people. We, and have we not heard this story a million times? Yeah. I mean, of a kid, or sometimes I've been to kids. He's 31. He's mm-hmm. not a kid. Right. Who the fame is too much for them because they don't believe themselves worthy. Yeah. And they don't know who they are. So, you know, so I was very sad to hear about that. And um, it's going to affect a lot of people. So let's transition to something a little bit lighter. Okay. Like the tournament of bad. Um, We're not going to talk about marijuana? Oh, yeah. Real quick. Um, There was, as the listeners of the show know, that I like Brian Williams. And I'm Brian Williams. They talked about... He's your boyfriend? He's my... Your male crush? He's, I got a male crush on Brian Williams because <laughs> he was funny on Saturday Night Live. Oh, he's so funny. Anyways, um, there's a story about how certain parents are using medical marijuana to help their kids. And in this specific circumstance... Um, they, the mom was giving her kid, letting her kid smoke pot prescribed by a doctor and he was an epileptic, epileptic. Yeah. He, he was having epileptic and seizures because of the marijuana. He had less or minimized or none, no seizures anymore. Mm-hmm. And this just seems to me like in that situation, it's such a no brainer. And you know, it's like, why is a pill? Okay. But this well, and the thing is, is the pill is also chemically created. It's mm-hmm. not even real stuff. Right. It's, it used to be natural, and mm-hmm. we've made everything synthetic and mm-hmm. unreal. And here we've got a plant from the ground mm-hmm. that is um, help, able to help you know, him not get seizures. And then apparently they can construct the marijuana in such a way where the kid doesn't even feel the highness of being high on marijuana, but it just takes the edge off for him not for his body not to react the way it would without it so i think when we stopped you know there's been a big uh push with legalizing marijuana and now that there has been less demonizing Mm -hmm. of this plant we're realizing how much it can actually do Mm -hmm. and i understand people are going to have their own belief systems on this well there was a woman on there and she's like well we just haven't had enough testing to see the long-term effects on kids smoking pot well well (laughs) hello my response is they still don't know what Ritalin does to I know. kids' brains, oh my gosh. right? So totally. why is that okay? Right. And why is this not okay? Because and, we've demonized it. Right. We've we've when we say marijuana, we say pot. We think drug addict. We think gateway drug. We mm-hmm. think all these negative things. And the thing is, is if we can look at this this natural plant as as with all you know, we already know it's being used medically and how many places it's being used medically. And if we can start to look at it for its advantages, you know what and I, I don't know how this connects, but I'm gonna say this really quick. Go in ahead. our smoothies that we make every day, we I put hemp, hemp seeds in. Mm-hmm. What's how is hemp connected to marijuana? Is you, it the same plant? You're asking the wrong person. Okay. I don't know. Well anyway, I just remember I Woody Harrelson used to talk about hemp all the time. I wasn't gonna bring up smoothies, but we have smoothies every day from our Vitamix blender yeah. and we used to talk about the Vitamix all the time. We actually try to strike a formal partnership with them, but it kind of died out. But we are an affiliate member, so if by chance 
that you want we have one every single day for like the last four years and I eat kale and all this other crazy stuff yeah. that I otherwise wouldn't eat if you are interested in getting a Vitamix blender you get free shipping if you kind of buy it through with our coupon code which is 06-007-296 I will include that in the show notes on the website as well okay. but it'll save you 25 bucks off shipping Rock on. are you a big fan of the Vitamix? are you kidding? alright <laughs> um, last but not least we are running late so I'm going to give the quick tournament a bad okay Paper cuts. Paper cuts. Ugh, I can't stand them. <gasps> they, I, even thinking about them makes my fingers hurt. So if you're new to the show, Turning <sighs> Bad is just me talking about something that sucks. Do you know... Paper cuts are the worst. Do you want to know what the worst one was? This isn't paper, but it was the same kind of thing. I picked up a toaster by putting my hands on the inside of the toaster. It wasn't plugged in, yeah. so I wasn't being crazy. And I, it sliced my finger, just like a paper cut. And nice. honestly, it took me a day to get over it. Not the pain, right. but how it happened. Well, and I can <sighs> appreciate, obviously, you shouldn't have stuck your hand in the toaster. But <laughs> paper is so weird because you're just shuffling paper. I know. And then all of a sudden, you have a big You're cut. bleeding. It's right. weird. Like, paper is so so wimpy, but yet it has the ability to cut you and make you mad. That's right. What Does, do that? you get mad at paper? Do you crumple it up and... Throw it in the garbage. I do. I do. I shoot baskets. Yeah. All right. So that's my turn in bed. So now, now is the portion of our call to action part of okay. our show. So, Which is what? Um, first of all, we want to hear what you think. So make sure you email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Um, to hear kind of all the summary of what we talked about, I'm doing a better job at putting our show notes up on the site. Mm-hmm. So you can do that. And then there's also that search box on our website. Yep. So if there's a certain topic you want to hear, we've done a hundred and some odd yeah, shows. Yeah, you'll find it. You'll find it. And then um, you have two books, The Self-Aware Parent Part yeah, 1 and self-aware 2. Self-Aware Parent 1 and 2. You can find them at kathyseadams.com. They're cheaper there. You can also find them on amazon.com. And uh, yeah, and we're still doing that July special. We're going to do this for two more weeks. Okay. Um, if you give us a review on iTunes, send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Say, hey, I gave you a review, and we'll give you a half off on the purchase of the book. Which is significant. That'll make each book $5 instead of 10 So do that. Um, and I think that's all I have. Okay. Yeah. It's a goodie. It's a goodie. So thank you very much for listening. And um, give us comments, share us on Facebook, and have a wonderful day. Have a great week.